Welcome to the Collective Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, please visit thecollectivechurch.ca.ca. I'm going to share with you a word, perseverance. If I was to title my preach, there'd be a picture that would come up. And it would be the next one. That one. <laughs> one foot in front of the other. One foot in front of the other. Is anyone here under pressure? Anyone facing trials? Maybe you've got some financial challenges or relationship challenges, or maybe you feel a little bit like a rubber band and you wonder sometimes if I'm stretched any further, maybe I'll snap. Anyone there? Not just me. A wise um, man once said that the only certain thing in life is uncertainty. So best we get comfortable with uncertainty. And those of us who like control and who like to be in control and who don't like the way we feel when things are uncertain can relate. Right? (laughs) I'm going to share with you how this one word, perseverance, is shaping my world, shaping our world, shaping our year, and how I believe it's come to be a word and season for our community as well. Here's a little backstory to why I think this is a word and season for us. I listened to a podcast the other day while I was taking a run, and the guy was interviewing a, a songwriter, and the songwriter happens to also be a worship leader in his community. And the guy who was interviewing him said, how do you see your role? And he said, that's easy. My role in the church is that I'm the chief storyteller of my community. And I stopped running, and I rewinded, and I listened again, and I felt teary because I thought, yes, that is exactly who we are. We are the chief storytellers of our community. We are committed to having our ears to the ground and listening to what the Spirit is saying and holding in our hearts what the Lord is doing so that we understand the way that He's coming to us in the season so that we can understand the way we respond to Him in the season and what He's doing inside of us. And we begin to write those stories. And the night that Sean and Janine previewed their album to us, We all wept because those were not just their stories and songs. Those were our stories of a season and song. They had taken what we had been journeying through in our friendship and in our walk with the Lord, and they put words to that, and they gave us songs. And so we found in those songs, you've written who the Lord is to us. It's so powerful. So why do I tell you this in the storytellers of our community in the light of the word of perseverance? Because if we are going to be alert and awake to what the Lord is doing here in our community and speaking specifically over us, and we're going to write those stories, and we're going to sing those stories, and we're going to live those stories out, we have to understand the way He's coming to us in this season. And when I look back at the messages over the month, or two months that we've been meeting this year, I see that there's a little sneaky pattern in the Lord, and I believe that perseverance is something He wants to add to our arsenal this year. Rob kicked off the year, if you just go to the first picture, Rob kicked off the year, for those of you who weren't here, he started his year almost in Israel, in the desert, and he spoke to us about thriving, and it was such an encouragement that whatever season we're in, even if we're in deserts, the promise from the Lord is that we can thrive. Psalm 1, we will stand firm like flourishing trees, planted by God's design, bearing fruit in every season of our lives, never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. Who doesn't want that in their lives? It's not a hyped up promise. It is a promise of faithfulness from the Lord to us, and it is a promise to, in our faithfulness to Him. So I want you to just, as a side note, if you missed that preach, I want you to think about, are your highs and lows producing fruit in your life? 
Is there more love? Is there more patience? Is there more kindness? Is there more gentleness? Is there more self-control? Is there more goodness? Is there more faithfulness? Because that's what we're after, right? Fruit. Then after that, Rob spoke about the book of Ephesians. And when I reflected on that, I thought, isn't that so interesting that we get this prison letter, Rob carrying this prison letter for us, encouraging believers then and encouraging us now that we can be fruitful followers of Jesus, whatever situation or circumstance we're in, right? We can serve in love and in unity in the midst of trials and persecution. And I wondered, I thought, isn't that a, maybe just a, like a preparation from the Lord, like collective, don't take your eyes off the fact that I'm growing you into this huge tree in a beautiful garden. Don't be looking at other gardens and comparing. Don't be discouraged by your trials and the things that you're going through. I'm doing something inside of you. I'm growing something in you. And then curse preach about that, that promise, how, how words become worlds. We're holding words within us like... We know that inside that tummy there's a little person who the Lord is going to release onto the earth, but we can't really see him yet. And that's what it's like for us. We're carrying, all of us, something within us that you have to hold onto that no one else can see, and you have to contend for that, to see that manifest in the world. And then last week, I think Sean's powerful reminder to us that we live an undivided life with Jesus was just amazing. It's about getting real. And it's a message that if you listen to people who've got something to say and it's worth listening to around the world, they're saying the same thing right now. And I'm so proud to be in a community where we are championing a culture of vulnerability, where we're saying, live your life open. It's a beautiful picture of the cross. Live your life open here before the Lord. Nothing to hide, because then you can live your life open with people. And we overcome in each other's hardships, and we overcome in each other's trials, and we share in each other's victory by the power of the blood hey, and the word of our testimony. So how do we get here today to perseverance? We ended 2018 in a... When you've got kids, it's not as exciting as it used to be. Kids were asleep, and we were sitting down outside journaling and having a glass of wine and just reflecting on what 2018 had been for us. And the fireworks started going off. It was New Year's Eve, and I just said to the Lord, do you have a word for me this year? Which is very unlike me. Those of you who know me very well laughed when I said this, because normally I'm starting the year with a to-do list, and a, my goals are, and I'm amped. And I just felt a peace and a settling in the Lord, but he said, perseverance. And in that moment, I was like, mm, I would have quite liked a little bit of a sexier word, God, like <laughs> increase or abundance. <laughs> but I was so sure that that is what he said. And I said, do you have a passage of scripture that I can hold on to this year and really dive into or a book? And he said, yes, the book of James. And as I've been going through the book of James, it's been encouraging my heart so much. And so I was very excited when I found the scripture in James. When it seems though, this is the passion, you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy you can. Come on. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to persevere or to endure all things. And then as your endurance, as your perseverance grows stronger, it releases perfection into every part of your being till there's nothing missing and nothing lacking. And that word perseverance is interchangeable with endurance according to the Greek root word. So why is perseverance a big deal? Because I think without it, you're going to grow tired, you're going to go weary, you're going to give up, and you're going to stop short. 
And we are called to be salt. And we're called to be light. And we're called to destroy hopelessness. And we're called to destroy the work of the enemy on the earth. And we're called to endure hard things. And we're called to model that in a world where there's lots of things that people say are impossible, we carry within us this hope that goes, nothing's impossible with God. To know that greater is he that's in, the, in us than he that's in the world. Jesus wants to take us to places and to do things with us that we couldn't have begun to even dream of or imagine. And if we don't know how to persevere, I don't know how we're going to get there. And there are blessings on the other side of perseverance. That's what that scripture says. And there is joy to be found, which sounds ridiculous, right? Who's ever told you that you're going to go through hard things and you're going to be joyful, actually? But there's also this powerful stirring. This scripture says there's a powerful stirring inside of us as we go through and we realize, I can endure all things. I can endure all things. And our endurance is not this little fixed thing. It's not a little bottle inside of us that we access. It's actually this thing that the Lord has designed for us to grow in endurance. Overcomers, right? Jesus wants us to lack nothing. He's after us maturing. That we would thrive in this life regardless of the chaos that's going on around us. Maybe I should have called this one candle in front of the other in the light of all the load shedding. (laughs) Instead of one foot in front of the other. But how many of you know that, that panic and chaos is actually, it's, um, it's contagious. Watch a, watch a video of um, Black Friday in a mall, right? It's contagious, the hype, the panic. But you know what's more contagious is peace. You want to carry Jesus in places and people are like, what, what are you on? What, how, do you, how do you not apply for immigration or whatever everyone is doing right now around you. I believe that there's a lightness that the Lord wants us to walk through things that were sent to crush us. So there are things that that the enemy wants to bring disillusionment and disheartenment and make you feel down about. And the Lord's like, I'm going to teach you how to walk in lightness through that stuff. Romans 5 says, we have peace in Jesus We boast in the hope of the glory of God. For me, that's we boast in the hope of the goodness of God. But also, let us glory in our sufferings. Let us find the goodness of God in our sufferings because suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope. And hope doesn't put us to shame. The Passion says hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can experience the endless love of God cascading into our heart through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. One of the very practical ways that the Lord is, is making this perseverance word and outworking for me is in my little runs. Now, if you've run with me, you know I'm not Shaney. I'm no marathon runner. <laughs> not yet, at least. But I'm so enjoying putting my sneakers to the street in the hour, early hours of the morning and being quiet and getting my heart rate going and listening to the Lord and listening to podcasts and listening to music and in that rhythm of running up hills, down hills, I have felt him show me something. How to get home when I'm tired, how to get home when I'm exhausted, when I want to give up. One foot in front of the other. One step at a time. It seems so obvious, right? There's this one particular hill in Parkview that's like this for like a long time. And I can't get to the top yet without stopping to gasp midway. Um, But it's okay because that hill is producing good fruit in me. That hill has become my hill that I pray up. And I 
turn my whatever I'm listening to off and I pray for my friend Jane who's facing her own uphill battle of a brain tumor and cancer and I pray for perseverance in her that she wouldn't give up and I pray for perseverance in my life and I pray for you guys and I pray and I've realized that it's become this beautiful deep space of contemplation and reflection with the Lord and I can't sprint because I will not make it so I have to do this other thing the Lord's saying to me slow and steady and that is not a very glorified phrase in our culture, slow and steady. We're the microwave, give it to me, Jesus. I've prayed for healing, now where is it? I want my business to work, Jesus. And he's like, slow and steady. Slow and steady, persevere. And this patience begins to build up inside of you. And patience, I'm realizing, is not a passive thing. The root word of patience is hopeful endurance. So we might as well also interchange patience with perseverance and endurance. If you look at the book of Joshua, it's time for the family of God to occupy their land, right? And, but there's this massive wall around Jericho. And there's a very real enemy that do, does not want the people of God inside there. Because they've also heard about what that God does, how he parts waters and things like that. So they're probably scared. And after camping outside the city for a few days, the angel of the Lord comes and meets Joshua. And Joshua is more convinced than ever, actually, I've got to do this. And in Joshua 6, the Lord says to Joshua, I have given this city to you, and now this is how you take it. He gives him the strategy. He says, march with your men around the city for six days. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times, and when you do, get seven priests to blow trumpets of ram's horns. Tell all of them to shout, and the wall is coming down. If that's not a great encouragement to us and put one foot in front of the other and persevere, I don't know what is. But I want you to notice something here. God says, I have given it to you before they've even started walking. And that's the faith that we need. We hear the voice of the Lord and we begin to move. <sighs> but what happens? Nothing for six days. There's not even like a little rumble in the rubble. There's no bricks moving, nothing. My husband's laughing at me because he's like, alliteration, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> that's walking in obedience right and what a bunch of weirdos they must have looked like can you imagine being on the inside of Jericho for five days like they're walking around again they were, oh, and they're walking around seven times today and they're blowing their horns <laughs> I don't know if any of you have looked foolish like that or felt foolish like that when you followed the voice of the Lord I totally have recently I'm praying for my friend who does I don't know where she stands with the Lord and I'm singing over her and I'm sending her a voice note and she doesn't, if I send a voice note to one of you singing, you've been in a worship service before, you've got a context. She's like, send a voice note singing, encouraging, sending prayers, sending the prayer of our community that day and honestly I feel like there hasn't really been too much of a rumble in the rubble there. Yeah, she went for a biopsy and they say, yeah, the tumor's a bit smaller, the cancer's not as aggressive but I'm like, oh God, come on. And I know for you, you're probably saying, yeah, there are also areas in your life where you're looking like a crazy Israelite walking around the wall of Jericho and nothing is happening. Anybody? Eh? <laughs> and we, but I, I'm contending. I'm carrying on. I'm walking around because there's things that I know the Lord has promised my husband, has promised me, promised our community. And I'm like, I'm not giving up until I see it, God. And that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to walk by faith and not by sight. If the wall came down, I've given the city to you, what on earth do you even need faith for? We don't automatically possess all that he has promised. We take hold of it one step at a time, one foot in front of another. We don't just get it. 
But you know what often trips us up? The same thing that almost tripped Joshua up is fear. That will stop you from putting one foot in front of the other. Be strong and courageous, the Lord says to Joshua. Don't be frightened. Don't be dismayed. I'm with you wherever you go. And he's saying that same thing to each of us today. He's saying, Mark, don't be afraid. Brian, don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not giving up on you. I love Psalm 46 from the message. God is a safe place to hide, ready to help when we need him. We stand fearless at the cliff, cliff edge of doom. I put in their brackets. Politics, economics, load shedding. Courageous in the sea storm and the earthquake. Before the rush and the roar of the oceans, the tremors that shift mountains. Jacob wrestling, God fights for us. God of the angel armies protects us. This is the message. Godless nations will rant and rave. Kings and kingdoms will threaten. But earth does anything he says. Jacob wrestling, God fights for us. God of the angel armies protects us. Attention all, see the marvels of God. He plants flowers and trees all over the earth, bans war from pole to pole, breaks all the weapons across his knee. Step out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at me. Some translations say, be still and know that I am God, your high God, above politics, above everything. Jacob wrestling, God fights for us. God of the angel armies protects us. In Luke 21, 18, Jesus says, our perseverance will win us our lives. I've never seen that scripture before. Our perseverance will win us our lives. We can only survive when we know that God knows us more intimately than we know ourselves. We can only keep it together when we know that he's always held us together. We can only win our lives when we remain faithful to the truth that every hair on our head is accounted for and we are safe in his divine embrace. Guys, can you encourage your own heart that way? We've been talking about this in home group a lot. We've been saying, what's your, what's your story with the Lord? What's your testimony? What's your love story? We, the moments that he sticks out and that, you, that have built faith inside of you so that you, when those moments of trials and testing come, you know, you're like, I've walked with him. I know who he is. I'm not saying we never wobble. I'm not saying we, we don't ever have moments of, because <clears throat> we do. But I'm saying you have to learn to encourage your heart. You have to be able to put petrol in your own perseverance tank. You have to be able to build that story and the, those moments with the Lord. You know what else can trip us up and, and stop us from putting one foot in front of the other? It's ignorance and a lack of focus. If you cannot read the season that you're in, you're not going to know what's required of you. So it's so interesting to look at the season. Here's a season. Here's a pregnant mommy who has got to slow down. Okay, and if she can't read that season, she's going to burn out. Some of us are on seasons where it's like, we can go right now, we can plant. If you, if you don't understand your season, you are going to get weary. And you, you actually aren't going to be able to focus, you're going to be all over the place. And the, energy, the enemy wants to do that to you, he wants to bring you to a place of despair where you are like so confused about what's going on. There's a time for everything, Ecclesiastes 3. There's a time to do things. There's a time for birth, there's a time for death, there's a time to plant, there's a time to reap. There's a time to cry, there's a time to laugh, there's a time to search and another time to count your losses. There's a time to hold on and another to let go, a time to rip out and another to mend, a time to shut up and another to speak up. Sometimes I speak up when I should shut up. A right time to love, another to hate, a right time to wage war and another time to make peace. We've got to be able to know what, what we need when, Right? And I think the book of James also is teaching me and something I want to encourage you in. And there's a very 
big distinction between trials and temptations. There are tests. Some of them might be from God. Some of them might not. But you'll need wisdom as you approach tests. Some of them are mysterious and will require a lot of endurance from us and a lot of patience. But you know what we haven't been taught to do well is to navigate these deep waters of trials. So often we put God on trial. When instead we want to be actually pulling closest to him because he's the one who's going to give us all that we need and sustain us to get through that trial. But we create a distance with him because suddenly we don't trust him. Ask the Lord this week. Journal through this if you can. Is there anything that I'm going through that I'm putting you at a distance and you actually want to just pull me close? You want me to pull close to you? Jesus says, in trusting me, you will be unshakable, assured, and deeply in peace. Temptations never come from God. James is so clear. That's the stuff that comes from a broken and a corrupt world. And that can work within us and outside of us. But here's the promise that both of them can be a gift to us. Both of them can produce incredible fruit if we would change our perspective. That when they're squeezing, when they're squashing, and we get to see, whoa, what's really going on and what comes out, there's actually an upgrade in Jesus available. You're not in that place to be stuck. You're in that place to take hold of what was won for you at the cross. Maturity, wholeness, full development, fall in love with those words. Those are words that we are excited about. Nothing lacking, nothing deficient. I want to show you something on the next slide. Thanks, Robbie. (laughs) Can you read this? Human mind is a wonderfully complex organ. You see it? You see? It doesn't matter in what order the letters are in a word appear. The only important thing is that the first and the last letters are in the right place. The rest can be a total mess, and you can still read it without a problem. This is because the human mind does not read every letter by itself, but the word as a whole. Amazing, isn't it? (laughs) You know what I love about that? Life's like that. Jesus is at the beginning, Jesus is at the end, but what the heck is going on in the middle sometimes? (laughs) Don't you feel like that? He is the alpha and he is the mega, but sometimes you're like, I do not understand what the heck is going on in my life right now. And that is okay. I don't think you always get to or have to. But we can be assured that one day on the other side of eternity we will understand. Go go back to the other one, thank you. Bill Johnson says, Heaven is filled with absolute perfect confidence in God. The world world is filled with absolute mistrust. And you and I are always going to reflect the nature of the world that we are most aware of. What you live conscious of is what you reproduce in the world around you. So I try to live in such a way that nothing ever gets bigger in my awareness than the conscious awareness of the presence of God upon me. I don't care what the problem is, an international crisis or a personal issue, the moment that problem gets bigger than my awareness of the presence of God on me, then I live in reaction to the problem. Good, here. Tests and trials don't only come at us from the outside. There are some things, some wars that some of us are fighting on the inside. How do you put one foot in front of the other when you're fighting a war basically with yourself? felt like the Lord really wanted me to highlight that. He said, you fight it with truth. That's how you put one foot in front of the other. Truth gives you the, the reason to persevere. And like Rose said in the prayer meeting today, we are not on a path to peace. Like the carrot is peace and it's being dangled in front of us. Like if I can only just get to peace. We are 
we are, we are on a path of peace. We can access peace in every situation that we face. So in order to persevere, we need trust, right? And if you partner with suspicion about the nature and the goodness of, the, of God towards you, you're going to struggle to keep putting one foot in front of the other if you're constantly tw- uh, questioning if he's actually for you. Psalm 62 says, verse 8, Trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart before him. He is a refuge for us. How beautiful. I'll read it again. Trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Trust, guys, is built in the small things, the little things, every single day. And that's why it's important that you own your journey and that you own the things that are, the little things that are happening to you every day and you own them as part of the Lord is building into me. Brene Brown talks about trust. She says like a marble jar. You know, like if you have a marble jar in your house and you, you say to your kids when you... Oh. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I want to go down, down too sometimes. Trust is a marble jar. Be nice to your sister. Don't throw Lego at your sister. I'm not using examples from my house, by the way. <laughs> Don't punch your sister. <laughs> Put a marble in the jar. Okay, you are not being kind to your sister. We take a marble out the jar. She says, trust is a marble jar in our relationships. It's, it's the little things. It's Debs, how's your family doing? You mentioned something was going on. It's, Helmut, how are you feeling? You said you were tired, whatever. It's those little moments and things, and it's the same with the Lord. It's sunrise and sunset. It's driving, and suddenly there's a huge traffic jam, but you actually find peace. It's little things every day. It's, oh, you spend time with the Lord. He encouraged you. You came to church. Wow, someone prayed for you. It's the little things every day that you are building your story and cultivating a trust and a love language with the Lord. And when the big stuff comes, you've built up a reservoir of marbles with him. Are you with me? Yeah. I'm going to end here. I feel like um, the Lord just wants to affirm us that he is, he is the lamp unto our feet. He's the light on our path. And that's why that one step in front of each other and perseverance is such a big deal because he, he doesn't stand with a spotlight into our future going like, he has the red carpet of your life, walk on it. There's real life that happens in between that. And yes, there are destinations that we after, but the journey is so important. And can we find joy in the journey regardless of what's going on around us? Are, can we say we are learning and growing in the Lord to access that joy, that deep joy that he's promised us? Rose said to me last night when I read it to him, he said, read this to me, he said, yeah, it, we need the Lord every day. Like he is the everyday God. It's such a simple, true analogy. We need him in the everyday and in the everything. And so perseverance is an everyday thing because we're walking out of an everyday faith with an everyday God. We don't just like, oh, things are bad, drip feed, run, and then like do life on our own. We, we're talking about slow and steady, like every day, every day. I encourage my heart, Lord, encourage my heart. So it's short and sweet, guys, but I hope that as you go out, you would feel encouraged and you would feel resolved to persevere, that you are going to continue to put one foot in front of the other because you can see that there is a beautiful thing that Jesus has done within you, is doing within you, and has called you. Thank you for listening. 
We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit thecollectivechurch.ca today.